right, well, welcome to episode 36 of So Talk to Me. We made it. We made it! <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing better. Better. Doing better. Yeah, me too. I'm doing much better. <laughs> it's good. It's it's a good day to be alive. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close I my eyes. Was that a country song? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. That's why I don't <laughs> know it. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> I'm going to take another sip of my beer. How manly. Oh, I just thought that would be country. <laughs> anyway, well, there are no tears in this beers. There's a tear tears in my beer. Fears. It's a mad world out there. It's a mad, mad world. world. Are we, is this just going to be an Everybody wants to rule life? the world, <laughs> but it's a mad world. That's by the same band. Huh. I never put two and two together. Weird. So, uh, what's going on? So talk to me. It's been a long week yeah. in our household. <laughs> it has been a long week. Uh, I'll apologize in advance if you hear any any blowing on the microphone. It's because we have our fan on the AC. We actually just turned one of the fans off. But the fan of the AC is on because our AC is not working Yay. too well. And it hasn't been since last weekend. And in Texas... That um, it really sucks, you guys. <laughs> it sucks like hardcore. Yeah, I get to go to work and have AC at work. But Good for you. You're at home with the kids. Yeah, yeah. So our OC, our OC, our AC only gets down to seventy seven, which is not the end of the world. It's not. It's not like you're constantly sweating, but it's slightly uncomfortable. If you do moving or if if you're if you're getting up and walking around and stuff and like holding kids <laughs> and um, yeah chasing kids it's it's, and it's a long trying to clean up after kids and cooking yeah it gets kind of hot yeah so yeah there's that but it should be fixed on Saturday hopefully yeah yeah so. So yeah, our, that, that's been our fun adventure this week. Uh, our, the evaporator coil is broken, so if you it's a know nice, what that is, expensive fix. That is. No, actually, it's covered under warranty, but there's labor costs, and uh, you pay the man money, to do the work. Money. And so I can't complain. I'm I'm happy it's getting done. Paying a little more than I expected to pay, but you know what? Hundred dollar bills, y'all. Cheers. To that man for for his service, <laughs> his future service. I'll I'll be happy once my house is cool. I'm actually I'm I'm sitting right under a vent right now, so I'm I'm in an enviable position. Yes, exactly. Um, but I totally cut you off. What else is going on? You said it's been a long week. Oh. Yeah, poor little Josie's had some tummy troubles. Man. I don't know if it's just from teething or what, but yeah. she's had, I'll just say I've had to change her diaper a lot. A lot. And uh, she has a pretty bad rash. Yeah. Poor Ouch. little thing. Ouch. Mm-hmm. I hate those. You get those often, babe? <laughs> no, but I hate them. <laughs> 
No, shut up. <laughs> I don't get rashes. <laughs> shut up. Um. So, yeah, just dealing with, you know, an uncomfortable baby. Yeah. And then she's also just... Gosh, she's such a turd. Like she, <laughs> jeez. Oh <laughs> uh, well, my kid's I, a turd, y'all. <laughs> she's a turd. She just like gets in absolutely everything, and I'm sure, she's yeah, curious. Everyone's like, well, yeah, that's what babies do. But like, when you go from Oliver to Josephine, like, just Ollie wasn't like that. Like, he yeah. had like some things that he liked to, you know, pull out and play with like when we didn't have whoa 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 we're talking about dishes hmm nothing keep going oh my goodness seriously you're the one who went there no one else went there anyways so like he just didn't climb on things like didn't put things in his mouth like didn't make huge messes and then uh, here like comes Tupperware. our firecracker of a girl mm-hmm. that yep. puts absolutely everything in her mouth and not mm-hmm. just puts it in her mouth but actually tries to eat it like dirt she likes dirt y'all dirt it's delicious apparently mm-hmm. and which that's honestly dirt is the least of my concerns <laughs> putting it in her mouth okay. um, <laughs> I, um i'm just very surprised you know like she's a good eater but sometimes she'll not like very delicious foods and i'm like what is wrong with you then you put her down she grabs a handful of dirt just eating it i'm like what 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 is wrong with you who are you or she'll like throw her food on the floor and you clean her up and put her down on the floor and she'll try and eat up her food off the floor (laughs) i really think her just throwing her food is trying to get a a reaction out of us i think that's Mm. why she does it she does it just for attention Mm. um because she doesn't get enough. Apparently. <laughs> I love that Sorry, child. you couldn't you couldn't see Samantha's face. She is definitely a firecracker and she's headstrong. She'll she, take that's you for on. Sure. And she's uh, she's got lungs, man. Mm-hmm. She's got a high pitch too. <laughs> and she know she well the interesting thing is she knows how to use it. Like she will scream bloody murder and then when you come over or or you, you get what she wants she's perfectly fine mm-hmm. so it's just like oh i just got played by a one-year-old <laughs> what i didn't know she knew how to do that <laughs> yeah she she learns quickly yeah that total depravity thing yeah starts yeah, i guess so <laughs> i guess so i didn't i didn't believe it until now <laughs> just kidding i've always been a calvinist <laughs> Always is a relative term, guys. I just mean before I had kids. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fun week. It's been real. It's it's been another one of those weeks, guys. And I feel like I say this every week, but it was literally like two hours ago, and I was struck by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> Not really. Um, I just had one of those moments where I'm like, oh, we have to record a podcast. <laughs> And then you texted me, and I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were hit by a bolt of text message. Yep. That was stupid. I don't know why I said that. I forgot. Um, 
Yeah. So, so it's just, it's just been a week where my head I'm, I'm in so many different places and I feel bogged down. Like for me, uh, you said it was a long week. It has not felt long. It has, um, it has felt very dense. Like there's a lot that's gone on, but I've just been so busy with different things, jumping to different things that, I haven't had time to like stop and think. And when I don't have time to stop and think, I don't usually have very many things to talk about. So, uh that's I mean we do we do have a couple things to talk about, not a, not a main topic. Yeah, I haven't even had time to like listen to very many podcasts this week. Yeah. Which is usually or even be on Facebook very much, which is a good thing, but um that's usually where I get like topic ideas <laughs> i mean that yeah that's where you found the andy stanley thing yeah. last time and actually you know what guys i felt so cool because i felt like that thing blew up right after we recorded the episode <laughs> nine. um no but well, i was just it wasn't like, us we just happened to see it at the same time everyone else was and right. talk about it at the same time everyone yeah. else was <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah it just felt cool because it's like oh i've had that conversation and um, it, like, I honestly didn't think it was going to blow up at the time because, like, I've read some other stuff that Stanley said, and and it was even referenced in that article of just like some things that he said that's kind of dubious. Again, if you haven't if you haven't listened to that episode, yeah. basically, just I I feel like his focus is so uh, he is so focused on the unbelievers that it's to the detriment of like the tenets of the faith. The growth of his the actual believers. Well, yeah, certainly, but I I just mean like he's he's so focused in in one direction that like he's letting things slip. And mm-hmm. so it um yeah, that's it. That's it. I I don't mean actually, to go into it. It's just... funny thinking back now. I actually do recall something I saw on Facebook that I think would be good to talk about. Hmm. Well, did you want to talk about your thing first, and then I'll talk about my thing, or do you want to talk about my thing first? Uh. Well, I guess I've got two things, so sure, we'll just sandwich it. Why not? Okay. Um. So the first thing. Oh, do I want to go super serious, or do I just want to get philosophical? Which one? Super serious or philosophical? What would you uh, rather do first? Um. Do super serious because mine serious. is sort of a, is sort of in the middle. Okay, cool. All right, so um, I've been reading a book, crazy, um, and actually it stemmed from listening to the Just Thinking podcast. What, what? It's uh, good stuff, and um, they they mentioned on that one that um, a we- which episode? I don't remember. Like, what were they talking about? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, cause I, I listened to them in batches, so I don't remember what exactly they were talking about. I know, I know I listened to it and then you listened to it like immediately afterwards. And so I got a double dose. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, no, but he had mentioned. Was it the Beyonce Darryl, mass one? Was it? No, no. Cause I only listened to that one cause you did. Okay. And that was, that was crazy. crazy. <laughs> that, I mean, well, the, after talking about it for a while, I'm just like, oh, well, it's just not even a church because that's, that's not it's, even a church. That's it's a ridiculous. weird social gathering, crazy. Uh, Kool-Aid guzzling weirdness. Um, no, 
that he had recommended the biography of a um oh gosh, I can't even remember his name and I'm reading the book that he's written, his autobiography. Sort of. Um Booker T. Washington. Oh, okay. And um it is a book called Up from Slavery. And it was um, a series of articles that he had written about his life that he compiled into a book because mm-hmm. he was encouraged to do so. Okay, so this is an older episode then. Yes. I, I remember him talking about that. I'm okay. thinking it was an older and It was the episode after the artificial, um, artificial, or artificial diversity. Or was that the artificial diversity episode? Or that was Sheologians. Was it after the the proxy, after sin by proxy, maybe? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It was on an episode, and he recommended uh, Booker T. Washington. And it's a really, it is a really interesting book. It, um, man, it brings up so many different emotions. <laughs> Anger, and... Mm. Um, he Washington was just a solid dude. He had his head on straight. Um, and it's amazing when you read just kind of where he came from. So in a nutshell, he was born the son of a slave. And so he was born into slavery. But he lived, he was still a boy when um, the Emancipation and Proclamation was made. And so he explains how then when the slaves were freed... And the effect that that had from a ground level, like I, I've, you know, I've, I've studied it as a piece of history, what had happened, but mm-hmm. from like an actual someone who has experienced it and the reactions of the slaves and the slaveholders and the, and the relationships between people and how people saw each other at this time. Um, and I still, it's still, man, looking through the lens of like what we had said and how we don't believe that there's a race differentiation, like we're all a part of the human race, how ingrained the idea of race was. And so Mm -hmm. how people believed and acted like black people were lesser than whites, like less human it's it's yeah just insane um but but kind of like how he's explaining these things he said something that blew me away um when he said that and and this was just one little i mean there are tons of there are tons of different things he talks about in the book but i was really taken aback because he makes the point that he said that when he was younger he had always um you know he had disliked being a slave certainly um but how as he grew older he like accepted what he had gone through and he actually pitied the whites more Mm. um because of what he saw what happened after the slaves were freed is that the the white people the people who owned slaves um didn't know how to take care of themselves basically like they had grown up in this economic um situation where they depended on their slaves to uh to take care of their homes to make their meals um to do the hard labor Mm -hmm. and so when their slaves were freed 
they didn't know how to do those basic things, like how to care for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so his, um, his thought was just how even his suffering was a blessing because he did know, like he knew his, his limits and he knew his resilience that he could persevere under difficult circumstances. Certainly slavery was difficult to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, but how he could persevere through those things and how what he saw the the slave owners didn't even know how to react to that like they didn't know how to function they weren't self-reliant mm. in the least they were extremely reliant and so when the bottom fell out of that economic system how they um were a lot of them were drunks basically because <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing um and and that just blew me like that mindset is so honestly it's so like anti-millennial who you know we we feel so entitled i'm a millennial too okay Mm -hmm. um we yeah we feel so entitled to so many things um that you know when i leave my phone at home and i'm at work i i feel like i'm cut off from society you know like (laughs) something stupid like that i mean we have a we have a term for it first world problems right Mm -hmm. um anyways that was my little anecdote and i i think scripture talks about that right that suffering produces uh i can't i can't think of the verse offhand but it we um, are perfected through our suffering yeah yeah how it i know it's a there's a list and i could easily just like google it and find it but um how it talks about how suffering produces it proves character Mm -hmm. you know um and how it how it creates that in us and this was just a like a very specific example of that doing that in someone in again horrible circumstances like i wouldn't wish slavery on anyone and like to see someone come out of that and see the good in it just blew me away. Like there can actually, like God uses evil circumstances for good. Well, right. Yeah. Um, Not that we would wish, not that we would want Mm -hmm. evil circumstances ever, but just how amazing God is to actually use that for our good. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that I say that it reminds me of Joseph. (laughs) He was literally sold into slavery Mm -hmm. and how that, um, how he served God through that. Is yeah. Well, yeah. Like in, in first Peter, you know, telling the slaves to be submissive. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like as a 21st century American, like that bristles against like everything in me, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, no, like fight for your rights, you know, like, <laughs> um, but as, as Christian and, and it's, it's different, you know, when you're looking at combating, like um the social landscape Mm because again certainly i would not want like the institution of slavery is cancer Uh, and i say slavery in in terms of chattel slavery Mm -hmm. there there are distinctions and we can get into that but we won't (laughs) um but on a personal level knowing that you serve christ changes the way that you deal with your circumstances like when your circumstances are evil it's not always your place to change them because the ends don't justify the means. Like you're not to rise up and, you know, do something evil in order to 
get out of that circumstance. Yeah. Like you're don't, still... re- don't return reviling with reviling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we certainly should stand up against injustice. Right. Right. Um, but not demanding a second atonement for those injustices. Mm-hmm. Because they all have been died for. Mm-hmm. Already. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's it's really, it's interesting. It, it, it was very um, surprising to read a firsthand account of something like that. Mm-hmm. Reminds me how <laughs> little I've suffered. That was um, the artificial but, diversity episode. Okay, it was. Mm-hmm. It was. Okay, cool. There you go. But it was like a comment made in passing. He just really um, emphasized, like, you ought to read. But because it was in the it was in the um, context of he was talking about republicanism, like he's a right no conservatism. Excuse mm, conservatism, me, conservatism, not yeah. republicanism. Yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, yes, big difference, <laughs> and that's not what I meant at all. It, how he he called himself a Booker T. Washington conservative, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really gotten into his political views yet. I'm not even halfway through the book, but. Um, no, I've I've enjoyed it, and so then I was looking for a book to read because I've got some borrows on Hoopla. Nice. And um, yeah, so I got that one. It's good. I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> so, what was your thing? I I called that super serious just because it was talking about you know slavery, slavery yeah, suffering. But how God uses that, man, God is good. Yeah. Sorry. What was your thing? Um. Well. A hot topic in reformdom right now seems like the issue of whether men and women can exclusively just be friends. Dun, dun, dun. Like, should married women have friends of the opposite sex or should married men have friends of the opposite sex like Mm -hmm. for some reason it's a big topic Mm -hmm. in reformed groups right now dang and i find it very interesting yeah because there are some people who just say no Mm -hmm. with no explanation drugs (laughs) sorry but i think that there's a lot more behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, I don't know. Like, what, what, what do you think about that? Should can can you be friends with someone of the opposite sex and um, it not ever become romantic? Okay, so I'm gonna give a political answer to this okay this this is what my friends call it when i don't answer a question but i dance around it um can you can you have friends of the opposite sex obviously in a christian context um without without romantic feelings um i think that the problem with this question is the problem that we have in our current cultural context with understanding what friendship is, Mm -hmm. what real friendship is. And this was brought to my attention. um, I don't even remember. I'm pretty sure it was another podcast. 
I can't tell you which one. Uh, maybe it was something you were listening to. I don't remember. doesn't matter. Where someone had mentioned how um, even guy friendship, like male friendships are so skewed nowadays that like men who are close to each other are, you know, like people ask, are, are they gay? You know, is, is there something going on? Mm-hmm. Like the whole Frodo and Sam thing oh in the Lord of the Rings, how people make jokes about them. If you being couldn't hear gay. my eye roll. <laughs> and, and how that is very indicative of the way that our culture sees friendship and twists friendship. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it is the sexualization of everything. Right. Right. Um, I mean, well, I I don't even want to go into other cultures, but just how we don't understand. Oh, that's what I think it was the briefing talking about the Boy Scouts. Um, Anyways, doesn't matter Um, how we can't have we don't know how to have close friendships nowadays without questioning whether there's a romantic relationship. element to that Mm -hmm. and i think that has to do in large part with the fact that we can't so so on the one hand we can't have friendships on the other hand we don't know what romance is Mm -hmm. right so so sex is so commonplace Mm -hmm. in media okay i don't i don't even want to speak to you know the dating scene because i don't know Um, oh no i was just thinking about that today like because i've been watching through um Full House Mm -hmm. series and I'm just like gosh this is like so different from what's on TV today (laughs) like just violence and movies and sex on TV (laughs) exactly (laughs) like it's just so different I mean even they might even like allude to things Mm -hmm. like in the show like sexual things Mm -hmm. but it's so just like like impassing and just like not even like it's just not what the focus is so yeah. like it it even though it's there it's not like prominent you yeah. know yeah and yeah so it's yeah it's just very different yes what right. 30 years yeah <laughs> whereas whereas nowadays like again just simply based on the media if you see two characters in a tv show who are dating you can assume or they will make it known in some form or fashion on the show that they're having sex right like sex is just an act mm-hmm. that people who enjoy being in each other's presence do um so we are so confused on the proper role of like we don't know romance Mm -hmm. we just know sex and that happens as soon as you decide that you like someone like people are either like just friends like our acquaintances or they're having sex right yeah yeah and and because of our confusion of romance and sexuality it bleeds over into friendships because now all of our friendships are tainted with like because there's no commitment in to having sex now our friendships are diluted into like if there is any element of deep friendship like if you actually have affection not even saying that word (laughs) makes makes you think of that if there is a like brotherly affection between two guys immediately like Mm -hmm. oh they must be gay 
right? They right. must be having sex because that's what happens whenever you have any kind of a feeling towards anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or even the word like intimately or like intimacy mm-hmm. can mean very different things. Yeah, like I mean, it's used in scripture to say how God knows us. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean he he's yeah had sex with us no 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 right Right. yeah (laughs) that's not what it's saying at all yeah but but we also in our in our culture use that word to describe sex between you know in marriage or you know whatever so between people yeah so it's it's yeah i i understand what you're saying like it's hard to find those lines right so that is the backdrop with, with which I can even answer this question. The question is, can can people have friendships of the opposite sex? Can they in a in a vacuum? Yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with a male and a female having a friendship and enjoying each other's company and spurring one another on to righteousness in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think it is extremely difficult in our current culture because we are so um, just bombarded with sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not even getting into the side of, you know, repressed sexuality and all that fun weirdness. Um, Because as I'm saying this, I'm even, I'm thinking of just like, I mean, how many, how many pastors are there who've been unfaithful Right. And like fallen out of the the pastorate because of their okay. Now we're getting into the should we right instead of can we exactly yes yes. So so I apologize. Um, no, yeah, but that was my next question. Should we? Okay, yeah, and and so that's an even more difficult question to answer again because I feel like that my answer is to if you can, yes, you can, yes, it's possible. Should you in our current culture? I don't know. I because frankly, it's weird in our culture. Mm-hmm. Again, because it's so just assumed that if you right. enjoy someone's company, that there could be something going on. As as Christians, though, like shouldn't we model the way things should be to yeah. the world? No, that's that's a good argument. That that's a very that's a good point. Um. Again, it's just difficult because so many Christians, quote unquote, have not done that well. Right. Well, yeah, um, like you just mentioned, pastors falling into adultery. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, me personally, I think short answer, like, should we? <laughs> yes. You're good at that. <laughs> um, I'm not. But, yeah, just there's, there are a lot of details that go with that um i think you definitely have to know yourself and what you struggle with yeah and have certain boundaries in place and certain people on board with you Mm -hmm. um to be able to have that relationship if 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 you personally struggle with something Mm -hmm. like lust yeah um, or even like, like for instance, I, I mean, this hasn't happened for years, but, um, 
I used to like get emotionally attached to men very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and that became an issue at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> in our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now that I know that about myself and know my tendencies mm-hmm. and the danger that can creep up, like I know the boundaries that I have to put in place and you know, the people that I have to communicate with to keep me accountable. Yeah. For the for that not to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. So I so yeah, short answer, yes, we should. Um okay. but we definitely have to be very wise about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, reading scripture, like, I mean, I- I'm just thinking about like the letters, like, like for instance, I'm just we just went through First Peter in our Bible study, and he ends his letter with you know, greet each other with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. You know what does that mean? It's like the Italian, like, right. Kiss in the cheek, yeah, sort like of not really. You're you're you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, so you're mm-hmm. affectionate with them. Yeah, that's how you show your love physically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Now, yeah, going back to what you were saying in our society, that would be viewed as Dude, oh, she must, gay. yeah, oh, that's gay, or oh, they must be lesbians or something, you know, like or, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, they must be in a relationship. Or, oh my gosh, she's married. You know, like, why would they mm-hmm. do that? You know, like, it's yeah. every, yeah, like everything is so sexualized. Like, there are definitely differences between kisses. <laughs> there are different types oh, of kisses. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Do you kiss your mom with that mouth? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I've just I've I've found this topic very interesting because mm-hmm. it seems like for the most part people are just on very opposite sides. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas I fall mostly in the middle. It well and I feel yeah, yeah, I agree. I from my very limited experience, so I could be totally wrong on this. It does seem to me more like men are the ones that say you can't or shouldn't have those types of relationships. Um, Which again, I'm reading between the lines, painting with a broad brush here. (laughs) So not everyone, but I, I think that may be in part just due to the fact that men often struggle with lust Mm. more than women do. You know, that, that especially in our current culture Mm -hmm. where porn is so prevalent that like, that issue um it's difficult to separate uh relationships from the just sexuality and i'm trying to think of like a word to put it but like the pornification of culture at large Uh, again having to do with our with our idea of what sex is and, Mm -hmm. and where it's appropriate which apparently in our culture is everywhere. Yeah. No, just just the difference in between like men and women's views. Um because I think 
yeah, just men in general are more like have more of a tendency towards lust. And I think women in general have a better understanding of like emotional connection mm. and like kinship so that they can have friendships easier and they don't need like the bravado of manliness if that makes sense <laughs> not that manly not that there's anything wrong with manliness don't hear me saying that <laughs> um just that like some men get uncomfortable when men are vulnerable with each other mm -hmm. um which i think that that is a manly thing to be able to share emotion mm -hmm. um to be able to explain like to be deeply moved by art in the world um it's not gay bro <laughs> i promise um but yeah anyways that's all i'm saying that i've seen that difference in between men and women mm -hmm. or often women who who have problems with that again my very limited experience not everyone um have been hurt in the past mm -hmm. you know and so oh gosh and so they are um you know they take that experience with them obviously yeah. and so therefore no you, you can't have that type of like you can't it's very difficult to trust someone once mm -hmm. again after you've been hurt so deeply right anyways yeah uh, anecdotal mm-hmm so what do you think about the, what is that, the Billy Graham rule then? Um, I mean, that kind of the same political answer that I gave earlier is that, <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. If, if you're a married guy, not to be alone in a room with a woman. I think that is a good rule of thumb because it means, um, yeah, that you don't have an opportunity to take advantage of that and that um, other people would be able to see that you really do um, take that seriously and that you're not, uh, yeah, that you're fleeing any type of um, p hint of sexual immorality in your relationships that you have with people of the opposite sex. So I think I think it's a good rule of thumb. Um, does it need to be followed by everyone? No, no. It's not a matter of of sin. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, I think it's a matter of preference. Like you said earlier, I think you have to know yourself. Right. Certainly. Um, yeah. But I I I think it can be a good idea in our current cultural context. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think that if you know that you struggle um, with lust, that then, yeah, it's probably not a good idea for you to be with, alone with someone of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if, if you're married. Um, well, specifically talking about... Um, those who are married um but yeah i think it's really sad okay that that's where we are 
that we just assume that it's going to automatically be a temptation or a struggle. Yeah. Um, because I think it's kind of, I think it's demeaning, honestly, towards men and women. Okay. To just assume that they are going to be a um, a sexual temptation, so you shouldn't be alone okay. with them at all. Yeah. Yeah. I will agree with you that it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, again, just kind of a sad state of affairs that we find ourselves in. Um, I will like kind of give a, a, a little caveat. I think there are ways to spend time with someone that does not put you in a compromising position. Well, that's what I was going to say, but even that feels kind of like what you said is, is where you're assuming that something is going to go wrong. Yeah. There are like, I don't have any problem with if you were in a public place with mm -hmm. someone of the opposite sex. I think it's different when you're like behind closed doors, you know, like you go over to someone's apartment to hang out. Yeah. That's different than like going out for coffee. I think. Does that make sense? Um, I understand the Billy Graham rule would um, include like driving in cars. Mm -hmm. Well, actually I think that rule that, that would constitute coffee, right? I don't I don't know. Regardless, I think there's a difference between being in public places mm -hmm. and being alone in a room or a house or mm -hmm. you know whatever. And so and so that's where um I would say it's a good rule of thumb. I don't think being together in a public place that there ought to be any problems with that. But I don't know, that's just me. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I said I just think that it's very sad that that it's come to this. That is the current state yeah. of our culture mm -hmm. that we can't really be alone with someone of the opposite sex without that being the assumption yeah. to others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it just seems to me like you're just assuming the worst of the other person that they're gonna try to tempt you or seduce you in some way yeah I, I don't know if that's the case I think it's more of a I think it's more of like a personal temptation rather well, than and the Billy Graham role seemed to be focused around married men not being around uh, someone who isn't or a woman women. yeah yeah or just another woman who wasn't their wife. Yeah. Like it was specifically focused on married when men not being around other women. Yeah. Which I think is wrong. Um, because then you're literally like making the women out to be temptresses. Temp temptresses. And I think that that's wrong. I, I don't I don't know that I'd agree with that. I don't think that's the but That's position. what it seems like to me. Okay. It, I could be getting it wrong. But. Well, I, I think it's just a different perspective. I think, um, gosh, I, I don't mean to sound too like millennial postmodern 
and all that funky stuff. But there is an element of like uh, strength. I was going to say power, but that, I hate that because <laughs> it makes me sound like I'm talking about Marxism. <laughs> um, you know, the power, the people with power over the people who don't have power. But I just mean like specifically in the cases of um, the, of like people in the pastorate people who are pastoring and caring for you as a spiritual authority, there is an element, especially when spirituality is so tied to emotions Mm. that if someone, if a man can provide for you emotionally, that creates this bond. And so, and so if, my assumption, my assumption, of course, because it's Billy Graham, is that this is specifically for men, for clergymen, uh, men in the pastorate. Um, it it makes it a more volatile type of situation because you are dealing with people who are vulnerable mm-hmm. and therefore and want to show their gratitude. Again, not that women are stuxuses. Please don't hear that from mm-hmm. what i'm saying just that um just that there is a deep emotional connection that happens mm-hmm. um because you are able to lead and guide spiritually because like your position as a pastor automatically has authority but it also um is for their spiritual well-being right like well, and you you're are, a counselor as right. well and right. so you should be able to meet alone with a member of your congregation yeah. to counsel them. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. It just, um, that situation, because it's so tied to emotion and providing for someone emotionally and guiding them, um, it can easily, mm-hmm. again, I, I think this is because of the current cultural backdrop that can easily be twisted into something more, you know, because you're so giving and because literally you are seeing the best, uh, sorry, now I've just switched perspectives here. Um, Someone who goes in for pastoral counseling is generally having a hardship in their life, Mm -hmm. generally. And you are literally seeing the best in your pastor because the pastor is telling you what you need to do. Here's what God's word says. I'm going to pray over you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow up with you. You know, it, they're so giving. That is literally their job to be a Christ-like figure. Mm-hmm. And you are seeing the best in them. So your picture of them is already skewed. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Um, certainly, we ought to be very thankful mm-hmm. for our pastors. Like, they're a blessing in our life. And that's why God has put them there. But just against our current cultural backdrop, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to then twist that into an emotional sexual relationship. Right. But I should be able to meet with my pastor. Yeah. Without (laughs) being in fear of someone assuming that we're in a room doing whatever comes into their imagination. Yep. You're right. You know, like you are so right. I mean, there are things you can put in place like to protect the pastor and the person in those times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, make sure people, other people know that you're meeting together. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that 
I don't know, maybe there's like a window on the door or something, you know, mm-hmm. so that like people can see, but they can't hear what you're talking about. So there's yeah. still confidentiality. Like there are things you can put in place to help protect you. Yeah. Yep. Without stripping away the, the need that's there mm-hmm. and the duty that's there. Right. Right. You've convinced me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're right. No, you, you're you're totally right. Because I was seeing it from the other side of the pastorate, but but yeah, especially. <laughs> Sorry, I don't often think as a woman, um, but especially from <laughs> a woman's perspective. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. I agree. I like hearing that. Dang. <laughs> well, you're not going to hear it very often, oh. so savor it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Bang. kidding. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Was it, though? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Kelly Ripper. <laughs> so many references today. <laughs> We're feeling reference-y. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else on that? on that topic nope all right here we go much better all right okay now that we've switched sides <laughs> it probably sounds really weird it, it sounds weird to much me much better over here <laughs> i know yeah because you're like right under the vent yay but yeah so now that we've switched sides i'm sure it sounds way different <laughs> i can't tell because i no longer have headphones but that doesn't matter. Um, what was I going to talk about? The um, oh, the fil the flintstone Yes, the philosophical thing. Um, this just has to do with uh, the course that I'm taking this semester. I'm actually going ahead and taking a class over the summer, and um, that's one of the reasons this week has felt so crazy. Is because there's a huge workload the first week, which I don't know. Four-page paper and wasn't six expecting chapters that. to read. Yay. Well, and 15 other things that I need to research on my own. Gosh. A 15 um, biblia. Yeah, anyways, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you guys don't care. You guys don't <laughs> want to know. Why, why does it matter what I have to do Pray this week? Pray for Josh. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, and then big things at work. But anyways, so my course is on, it is an introduction to critical thinking. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not. But um, in my schooling, I was homeschooled, um, I would say the most formative class that I had ever taken while I was in school was my logic courses that my dad taught me. Because it taught me how to think, like not just how to memorize uh, things, but how to actually like think for myself and how to recognize when other people are um, putting things together incorrectly. I'll just put it that way. Um, So intro to critical thinking, I figured, oh, this is going to be an easy class. Like, I know logic, no big deal. Uh, Well, this first week has me just like researching the topic of critical thinking a lot. And what I have found from researching it is that it very quickly turns philosophical. 
which is really interesting to me. So um, critical thinking is, you know, taking information and being able to evaluate whether or not what is the information is um, valid or true. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, quickly what happens is you start to apply or things that I've read start to apply critical thinking to the idea of critical thinking, which sounds kind of weird. But basically, like, if you believe that you ought to test what is being said, Mm -hmm. then you ought to test the way that you test things. Hmm. Like, you ought to consider whether or not the way that you determine what is logical and true is actually a logical and true way of doing it. And when you do that, you have to make an assumption as to what can ever be deemed logical or true. So, for instance, to even um, to even say logical, and, and well, to say logical is synonymous with truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> is an assumption in and of itself. And in order to prove that, you have to, prove it rationally and logically. So you have to assume that logic is true in order for logic to be true. So it's just, it's circular. It's a circular reasoning. Yeah. yeah. In order to critically analyze whether or not you can critically analyze things, which is really interesting to me as a Christian going to a Christian college. Um, so I'm sure this is what we're going to you know, what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks, right? But um, it's interesting that it's so prevalent. Like, I I hadn't ever really noticed it before, but it's so prevalent when um, you talk about these things that there must be an ultimate standard. There must be a God who has created truth, who only speaks truth, um, in order to understand what truth is. But it just, it really stuck out to me um, as, as really amazing that everyone needs to have a standard, but that, that standard can only be come about through circular reasoning, basically. So like you have to have that axiom, that unprovable truth that you have to accept yeah, in your, order for anything to make sense. Yeah, yeah a presupposition. Um, and on top of that, um, it has to be like, basically critical thinking is true. Logic is true. Mm-hmm. Rationality is true. Um, and and you see that because that is the way that everyone lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was reading uh, one paper... It was in a scientific, it was on a a journal of philosophy. This guy had written a paper and he basically played with the idea of how absurd rationality is um, and how that contradicts itself, but how um, because you can't prove rationality, therefore by its own tenet, it, it can't be true because you can't prove it. And how, um, yeah, basically just how, um, there is no value in rationality. And while I was reading it, I couldn't help but think you're you're spouting this, frankly, nonsense um, in a very smart and philosophical way, but you don't believe it. 
You don't believe it. What I mean, the fact that you sat down and wrote all this out, and that is you're rational. Try, <laughs> and that you're trying to convince other people through rationality yeah. that rationality is irrational. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't believe. Like, did you eat this morning? You know, because um, because if what you're saying is true, then there's no reason to do anything. Mm-hmm. If all is chaos, then there's no reason for any uniformity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I mentioned this to you earlier, you talked about how it sounds like um, that Francis Schaeffer book. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and he talks a lot about chaos and uniformity and um, the beauty of how God uses uh, how we see uniformity, but also distinction, uniqueness. Yeah. And uh, what was the name of that? It was like, he is God and he is not silent or something like that. He is there and he, he is, is not there silent. and he is yes. not silent. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful book. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so it's, it's just been really uh, interesting to see these perspectives and to see how just like blindingly obvious, um, that God is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that you need a God as a standard. And anyone who uses logic to attempt to disprove God is cutting off, you know, the 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 limb on which they're sitting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's proving themselves wrong because without a God you can't have logic. Like Unless you're just going to assume that logic exists for no reason. I mean, that is illogical. (laughs) Um, To say that there is a God with a purpose who is a creator of the universe, who is altogether true, and and he is the only way that we can know truth. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the only thing that makes sense. (laughs) Um, And then that God, you know, reaching out from that, that the God... Um, is is actually attempting to communicate with us and has communicated with us and has um, entered into human existence. Like it just, it all is, it's, it's so amazing from a philosophical standpoint. Um, and it's so necessary, <laughs> which is, which is even more amazing. You know, it's like, it's like, it's not that I, I believed it any less, but it just, seeing a different perspective on how uh necessary god is it's just awesome so i don't know i feel like i've been talking a lot no that's good good critical thinking and thinking rationality and logic (laughs) and um because i hadn't really thought about that you know you're told you're taught things in school um, and then you kind of work them out and they prove to be true, but it's like, you don't really question why you believe it outside of the fact that it works, you know, logic just always works. And that that's the interesting thing about it. And that's why I say like, no one lives against, like, obviously there are inconsistencies that we live with, mm-hmm. but no one throws logic out the door because right. like it is literally impossible to live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, then you would, you know, you wouldn't go to sleep at night. You wouldn't eat. You wouldn't, I, I don't know. You wouldn't do anything that you did yesterday the same way today. Right. 
because you can't assume that there it would have the same consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just uh absurdity makes no sense. <laughs> Literally. But it it also no one believes it. Right. No one believes it. Yeah. <laughs> we we all think that there is order. Yes. Yeah. Because that's how we live. Yeah. We can't live another way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is impossible. And why can't we live another way? Because it's not how we were designed. Yeah. 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 It just, it, I think it's just another way that God has revealed himself. Yeah. It is, for sure. And it, it it's funny because, you know, you, you talked about presuppositions. Like this is this is more evidence for how God exists. You know, there's presuppositionalism and then there's evidentialism. And like this falls more towards the side of evidence, but evidence leads you to a presupposition, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So it's like not, not quite a paradox, but at the same time, it's like, I, I I mean, I think evidence is important as well. Um, And this is just so obvious. I get, smacks you in the face (laughs) um but i mean that's not the case to everyone you know well roman says that we deny the truth that we know is true um we suppress the truth and unrighteousness that's what it says romans one yeah and um and that is certainly the case when you think about logic when you think about thinking (laughs) it leads back to god okay that's it i'm done i'm done you have anything um i i did uh think of just another little thing back to the topic of um uh having friendships with people of the opposite sex Mm -hmm. um i don't know if if you fall under the camp of no, you shouldn't, then you're basically just seeing that person as ways that they can cause you to sin instead of how they can bless you and you can bless them. Mm. Does that make sense? Like you, you definitely sh- you know should use caution you should be cautious and careful but to just like not do it at all because you're afraid that they might cause you to stumble i mean yes if if you take it to the extreme of that you like shouldn't even have friendships of someone with the opposite sex I I think that's different than sorry, I maybe I got confused. I think that's different than the Billy Graham rule, which is not to be alone with someone than not to have a friendship with someone. Right. Um, I'm not necessarily referring to the Billy Graham okay. rule. I'm okay. yeah. I'm talking okay. about, sorry just, about that. Yeah, having a friendship. Yeah. Okay. Because I have seen people just blatantly say no to that question. Ouch. Yeah. With no explanation, like just no. <laughs> just like, really? Yeesh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bible says, like, 
iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another man. So that's only same sex relationships. So therefore, vis a vis, no women. <laughs> No. That's how you interpret the Bible. <laughs> Incorrectly. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you fail at biblical interpretation. That's how you take it out of context. Heyo. I said Jesus. What what? Also the earth is flat. <laughs> Cause the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Pillars. Circles don't have pillars. Oh my god! Okay, sorry, I'm I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I, I could I get to. on a tangent about yeah. that, and no, I don't we want do to. We do a whole other episode on the same thing. <laughs> um. All right. So, do you have any recommendations? You're really loud in my ears. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'll uh I'll use my DJ, Jazzy Josh voice. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations? <laughs> um, do I? I don't know. Oh, I have been listening to, well, I, I've been listening to it on Spotify, but the, uh, uh, Sandra McCracken's Psalms album. Oh, yes. I like it a lot. Yeah, that is a good album. I like it too. I haven't listened to very much of it, but what I have heard, I like a lot. And while we're talking about Spotify, um, I'm usually an album guy. I like to listen to bands and hear what they have to say from the beginning to the end of an album just to kind of get an idea of their songwriting. But, um... I decided to start listening to some playlists. Okay, I can't keep this up. I'm sorry. Okay, I was I was like, I don't know if I should be really on? annoyed or impressed with how long he's kept this up. Yeah, you know me. I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> um, no, but I've been I've been listening to some playlists lately and found a bunch of really cool bands that I wouldn't have found otherwise. And there's a playlist I was listening to yesterday while watching the kids. And I was really impressed. There were only a few songs that I didn't like. And the funny thing was that the songs that I didn't like were by bands that I knew of. Like all the songs that I liked a lot, I was just like, I have no idea who this band is, but they make good music. Anyways, the playlist was uh, called Pop Punk's Not Dead. Yeah, I like pop punk. A lot of it's the same, but it's good. (laughs) A lot of it is the same. Yeah, I liked it. Pop Punk's not dead, y'all. <laughs> so that's my recommendation because I, I really don't have anything else. Go think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do what you do. I'm Go doing what think I do. critically out loud with someone. There you go. <laughs> Dang. Wow, Broccolo. You just like blew my mind. You brought it all back around. Go think out loud right. with someone else. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to think out loud with us, you can't do that. But you can type your thoughts. Unless you know us personally and have our phone number. That's true. Then you can. Then you you can do that. Just just let us know you want to do that. Uh, But no, if you have thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can contact us on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. Or you can email us at 
so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Do you have any parting thoughts you would like to share out loud? No, I don't. Yeah, no, me neither. So uh, this has been episode 36. We made it. We made it. Bye, guys. Hopefully we'll make it to 37. Heyo. I'm turning 29 soon. <gasps> what does that have to do with 37? I don't know. It just reminded me that I'm getting older. <laughs> 37. The and number then. of old. <laughs> and my birthday is coming up. What's happening? The last birthday of my 20s. It's all happening. All right. Bye. I have to start wearing diapers soon. I'll just borrow my kids.